most impressive. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta. Uh, I'm going to assume that you can hear me. And if you can't, then you're going to have to learn how to read lips. How's that for you? Well, um, what an interesting day. I don't know if you've been following the news lately. Uh, I have been trying to as best I can. But what a mess. It is absolute chaos out there. Oh, by the way, that clip I showed of the picker truck is foreshadowing to another uh, video that I'm going to be doing in the next couple days with something kind of new and exciting. So look forward to that. I certainly am. So the news, um, I've been going through some stuff and actually some stuff is kind of thrown at me because oftentimes when something significant happens in politics or whatever, if it's news, it ends up in my inbox and people ask me if I see it. And I appreciate that because I don't have, always have time to go scrolling through and find stuff myself. So it's nice when people send me articles that I can check. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a couple things that I saw in the Western Standard. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Western Standard is, and no, uh, I don't work for the Western Standard. I don't get any money from them or anything like that. Um, so you can take this next part I'm about to say for whatever you feel it's worth. The Western Standard is an independent media outlet. Um, the boss is uh, Derek Fildebrandt, who you may know from the news over the last uh, decade or so. Derek was involved in politics. Um, he was a, a real strong-willed, like, not back down MLA. Um, he was always outspoken, in, involved in some scandals. And I call them scandals because they weren't scandals as much as they were just ridiculous news articles that people didn't understand. Anyway, Derek's the boss of the Western Standard. They got some great people working there. And they are a Alberta-based news outlet uh, that oftentimes will share news that the legacy media won't. Um, I share stuff from the Western Standard on my page every now and then. And sometimes you'll go to click on an article and you, you try to read it, but it says, hey, if you want to read any further, you have to subscribe. Now, I have got a lot of flack about that. People kind of lose their minds and say, hey, what? This is stupid. Why do I have to read, pay $10 a month or whatever, $100 a year to read the news? Like, this is stupid. Why, you know, CBC or CTV, they don't charge anything. Well, that's not true, actually. And I'm going to do a, um, I'll be doing a live about this in the next week or so. You do pay for all of the legacy media outlets that are part of the Canadian Media Fund. The only difference is um, the government takes the money from you forcibly and then they give it to the media and the media does their bidding and they tell you what the government wants you to hear. Western Standard uh, does not take any of those government bribes. Um, they don't forcibly take your money. They simply do good work and they ask you to compensate them for doing that work, which is fair. So that $10 a month subscription to a, a, a media outlet that is actually grassroots is worth it big time because they're free to speak 
as they wish. Now, that doesn't mean I always agree with what everything they say. I mean, there's oftentimes I'll, I'll read a Western Standard article and my head wants to explode because I don't agree with the person that wrote it. But that's the beautiful thing about this type of media. Um, people are free to share their opinions and express their opinions in whatever journalistic way they want. And it's up to us to decide how we take it. So there's my little plug, my little pitch for the Western Standard. If you haven't already got a subscription, uh, please consider it. It is less than Disney+. Plus. Why would I mention Disney Plus, you wonder? Hmm. Apparently, if we all cancel our Disney Plus and Netflix accounts, uh, we're going to be financially stable, according to our liberal government. But that's another story. Spend the 10 bucks, subscribe, and check it out. If you don't like it, cancel your subscription after, but uh, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Anyway, so I've been reading some stuff in the Western Standard. Uh, P.S. Carrie might come in here on this live here tonight. Um, I think he's, I don't know what he's doing. I think he's probably having a nap or something because he's really, really old. Yeah, it's true. So the news in the Western Standard. First and foremost, don't and don't worry, for those of you who are mentioning it, I'll get to this really juicy stuff later. Uh, I just have to work up to it because today I'm just Chris, normal guy. Tomorrow, apparently, I'll probably be a white supremacist on the news for some of the things that I'm about to say. And no, I'm not a white supremacist. First thing that really stuck out to me today in the news is the um blowback from our premier premier daniel smith firing the board of alberta health services so the news is i mean they're running with this like it's a like it's a a lit torch <laughs> is that a good analogy they're they're just going with it and they're doing everything they can to try and discredit the premier or discredit what she's trying to do and I completely disagree with almost all of the things they're saying about her, the negative stuff. Um, I think that anybody that's saying that what she's doing is um, is bad or evil or going to ruin healthcare probably have a vested interest in maintaining the current power structure in AHS, and uh, they're probably scared of what's coming. So maybe follow the money. So with follow the money, one of the board members who was fired and fired rightfully so his name is tony i want to say it's either dan danone dagnon or danyon or something like that d-a-g-n-o-n-e so tony is like me he's an old white dude and he served on the ahs board of directors for i don't know years long time anyway he's speaking out against the premier and he is saying things like premier smith is unhinged let me, let me get, get some more here. He even says, uh, this is a tough one to read because it, this was a letter he wrote. And I don't know if he wrote it this way or Western Standard maybe maybe quoted him wrong, but if he, he might be drunk or maybe he's a Biden. I don't know. Uh, quote, the light of her unhinged public pronouncements, the premier represents the bleakest of role models for women who aspire. It's hard to be accepted in positions of influence and leadership. End quote. Now, I read that exactly as it was written. It kind of was a bit of a jumbled up sentence, but I think what he's saying is that the premier is a bad example for women because it's already hard for women and they're not taken seriously in the workplace. Well, I don't know what rock this guy's been living under, but uh, <clears throat> women are taken seriously in the workplace. As a matter of fact, some of our, uh, uh, our most prominent CEOs in this province are women. 
Uh, they do a hell of a good job. And when they're at the negotiating table, like we watch them tear men apart all the time because they're smart and they're they're fierce and they they just they do a good job. So I don't know what this guy's talking about. Um, the premier is a bad example. I would say she's setting a great example for women everywhere because not only is she successful in attaining the role of premier of Alberta, but she's doing thing that, things that men before her were scared to do. Uh, she's trying to fix things. She's speaking out against certain things that need to be changed. She's going against the status quo. She's risking uh, politics and optics in order to do uh, what she knows is the right thing. So she's an excellent role model, uh, much better than many men before her. So kudos to you, Danielle. Um, this guy is, uh, is happy to see what you're doing. And I think you're a good role model. Uh, and don't worry, I might be ass kissing a little bit right now, uh, but there are things that I will be talking about and I will be calling her out on because that's what I do. Anyway, this guy goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And he's he says things like, uh, no healthcare provider in the Alberta Health Services Organization should be subjected to the unfounded blame and shame vocalized by the Alberta Premier. Bullshit. Anybody who's responsible for putting healthcare, uh, Alberta Health Services, into the position they are right now with almost unma unimaginable debt, extremely, extremely long wait times and poor uh, service to Albertans, um, uh, hospitals with not enough doctors and nurses because they fired a lot of them because they didn't want to do something to their bodies that they didn't want to do. They've done horrible, absolutely a horrendous job. And no, I'm not talking about the doctors and nurses. Doctors and nurses and frontline workers, the ones that are doing the work, they've done an excellent job. As a matter of fact, they've done uh, gone above and beyond because they've had to deal with the messy bloated bureaucracy that does a shit job and makes the frontline workers jobs even more hard so stupidest statement ever this this guy i'm glad he's not on the board be, because people who are not able to use their brain and think critically like this tony dude uh, do not belong on a board of directors uh, setting the path for our health services in this province probably the reason why they're the way they are right now so let me read that again. No healthcare provider in AHS should be subjected to the unfounded blame and shame vocalized by the Alberta Premier. Um, I'll, I'll interpret that for you. Uh, we, we don't want to be accountable and share the blame for what we've done to Alberta over the past few years. And we're going to lay this. It's We're going to say that it's Premier Smith's fault. No, it's not. She's doing the right thing. She's cleaning house. She's draining the swamp. And the swamp not only needs to be drained, but they got to take a pressure washer to the sides and get all the sticky, slimy little politicians and bureaucrats off of there and flush them too. get rid of all of them and start from scratch and bring in people who know that they're accountable to us. Sound fair? We're paying them. We're paying their wages. Some of their wages are like absolutely ridiculous. And sure, we should pay them great if they're doing a good job, but they're doing a shit job. The bureaucrats and if you have a conversation with um frontline workers an open candid conversation with them and you ask them what they think about this the leadership in ahs and uh the supervisory positions and stuff like that they will probably not be super thrilled about it i mean i i've had lots of uh nurse friends and doctor friends and the, some of the stories that you hear about their working conditions 
because of the leadership and the senior management in AHS, unbelievable. They should all be fired. Good job, Premier Smith, for firing the board. Now, don't stop at the board because the board is the least of the problem. Uh, there's there's way more. And if you go back into uh, an interview that Kerry and I did with Dr. William Mackis a few days ago, uh, Dr. Mackis does a very good job explaining uh, where the premier should start looking and how she can make the biggest impact. And, well, I did see Kerry at one point, but now he's gone, so I'll just continue rambling on. Uh, and feel free, you, you know, I, I apologize. The comments on this restreaming software is kind of weird and it's it's difficult to watch them all fly by. So if you ask a question or post a comment and I don't um, acknowledge it and you feel it's important, just put it up again and put it up a couple more times and eventually I'll see it. So next on my list of notes, I actually wrote notes this time. Um, <clears throat> We had a very unfortunate event in this province, uh, not without precedent, but it's in the news. So I guess it's supposed to be talked about. Uh, we had a four-year-old die from influenza in the province. And that's all I know. Um, it was in the news. The news was very vague about any other details. So the only thing I'm going to say about this is that's absolutely heartbreaking here. Um, I... I can't imagine being a parent and going through that. And so my condolences go to the family. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So in the light of the narrative, or actually, I guess the evidence that we are entering into a particularly bad season of influenza, I'm going to bring Carrie on here. Is that okay, Carrie? Do you have your, your pants on? It doesn't matter. You're not wearing pants? Oh, we can only see your upper body anyway. Okay, perfect. No pants. <laughs> no, no pants. I'm not wearing pants either. Oh. Hey, Carrie. Hey, how are you? Uh, I believe you just culturally appropriated a phrase, and I got to call you out on it. What did I do? What did I say? You said, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Wow. Wow. You this said is, it. This is going right downhill. <laughs> Uh, how's it going? Busy day. I like your shirt. Uh, yeah. And then you said, Hey, I'm going on live and, uh, can you come on? And I uh, went, I'm in the middle of a bunch of things. I'm sorry if I interrupted your, uh, your train of thought. So please continue. No, no. And then maybe I'll no, catch that's up. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to bring you on so that you could interject and, and correct me if I say anything stupid, like usual. <laughs> uh, one person commented, since when is a flu death newsworthy? And that's right. It, usually it isn't newsworthy, but now it is. That's yeah. the world we live in. These things, uh, as horrible as they are, are no longer compassionate human interest stories. They are political tools and weapons to be used against people that um, they don't agree with. That's I what agree. this stuff is for. Yeah. And because of that, we're put in this incredibly uncomfortable situation where we have to be very careful to be respectful to the families and the folks who are involved in these things, because like it's actually uncomfortable for me to talk about it because there's much more pain and suffering going on in the families that have lost people uh, than, than anything I could possibly imagine. So uh, it puts me in a very awkward situation. I don't like it, but it's gotta be done. So these things are politicized. They're used as weapons. And this will be used as a weapon against Premier Smith. I guarantee you that. That dirty, rotten, disgusting, anti-human uh, Notley 
is going to use this against the premier. So why is it newsworthy besides being a weapon? Well, I would say if we are entering into a particularly bad cold and flu season uh, that we haven't seen in a couple of years, because we didn't have the flu for a while, right? No. And that in true. itself is scary because generally we get a little bit of the flu, a little bit of the flu every year, and we build up a little bit of immunity. And next year it's not quite so bad, but this year there wasn't any, so it's going to be bad. And they said that was going to happen. This is not unexpected. And being that it's unexpected, er, that it's not unexpected, we should have seen some talk about our health coming from our health minister uh, and our interim CMOH, right? Yeah. You know what I saw as a response from the Alberta government? Now, this is, I'm going to call out uh, Premier Smith's government and ministers on this. What I saw as a response from the government about this child who died from in, in influenza was basically get your flu shot. Wow. Not a no. single sentence about health. No mention that it is science, like scientifically verified, irrefutable. Canadians are vitamin D deficient at the start of the school year when the say, we get less sun. D vitamin D deficient. Yeah. Our diets are crap. We don't eat the proper food. We don't get enough rest. Exactly. Not one peep about that nothing about um any kind of stuff that's offered in other countries did you know that in other countries around the world they actually publish literature on how people can stay healthy in cold and flu season they tell them this stuff they tell Don't, them isn't that part it, of our, the canadian food guide though <laughs> no the canadian food guide was uh, nothing more than the the end result of a bunch of lobbyists trying to get people to buy their food and buy the more eggs, money you put milk, into it, the you. bigger piece yep. of the pie you got. The can of food guy. Anyway, I, I'm really upset about that. I'm really upset that the narrative is support a pharmaceutical company and get a injection in order to be healthy, not make sure that you're healthy so that you can deal with illness that will come your way. Hmm. It's pissing me off. And I wonder, is it ever going to end? Like Did the information talk, out there, Carrie, right? Have you talked about uh, Justin Trudeau's, uh, the fact that he went in and got both shots at the same time? Did you talk about that yet? Uh, no, I didn't. No. That's a lot so of he went in, to give yourself at one time. He went in and got his seventh booster or something silly like that. And he also got his, uh, his, um, his flu shot at the same time. So basically he walks into a pharmacy. It's almost like a joke. Prime Minister walks into a pharmacy without a mask, goes up, talks to his pharmacist, this folk close to his face. Then for pictures, he puts on his mask, pharmacist puts on his mask. They both sit down. He walks up or the uh, pharmacist walks up with his needle, puts it in his arm, takes it out, goes over to the other arm. Actually, before that, he wipes it with a little cotton, like for a tenth of a second, puts the other one in, flu shot, great. Then they walk away, masks off, and and that's the end of the joke. Because well, the whole no thing longer goes, need their their masks because they're vaccinated now, right? Well, I actually even question whether or not is that the way. I I mean, it's been a while since I've gone and actually had a flu shot or anything like that. But my question is, whenever I go in and give blood, and that's a whole other topic I could go on. But whenever I go in and give blood, they scrub me down for like thirty seconds with an iodine solution or something like that. That Are might be just you, though. It might just they be. Don't, 
Yeah, they don't do that when I go in. They just like literally a tenth of a second with a cotton ball. They probably know you're, you're extra dirty. Okay. <laughs> True story. Well, maybe maybe that's the way it is. I just found. I'm just, it I'm just kidding. I'm I'm totally kidding. They actually do. You know, they do the iodine thing and they do the proper time and stuff like that. So well, obviously, maybe, maybe, from what you're saying, that was all show. What what our prime? It was total show. Absolutely yeah. total show. Yeah. I really I like this person. Just want to give a quick shout out. Beer. Oops, oh, now it's all over my screen. I don't have any beer. I have and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing any, uh, any advertising or anything like that. Oh, I wish I would have known. I would have worn my Pabst. I know beer, you gave me my one. Pabst beer shirt. That's right. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So that's all. Back that's all I was doing. That's that was when, my question. Yeah. When is our health minister? or chief medical officer of health ever going to start talking about health and stop being vaccine salespeople? I agree. Is it, is it going to Tell happen? us how to be healthy. Like what are we waiting for? Why do they not have some sort of a, uh, uh, a, a what am I trying to say? Then the, when they're, when they come out and they do their press briefing or something like that and say, you know what, this is what we should be doing, especially now, Make sure you get your vitamin D, go outside, go for a walk every 10 minutes or, or whatever it takes to, to, to get your vitamin D. But they don't. No, no. Because the entire organization is filled with people like this Tony Dagnone or whatever his name is mm. on these boards who yeah. are scared to speak out to the benefit of the people of Alberta. Uh, there is, are we allowed to say pussies on this or is that? Sure, yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's what just, they are. I'll mark it as explicit. Yeah, a good idea. Well, I'm talking about the cats, just so you know, like, because they're true. scaredy cats. They're you know, all, that's what all that, scary term, that actually means. But um, yeah, that, the, the whole organization's filled with that stuff. As a matter of fact, this guy actually goes on to say, uh, let me just find it here. Clearly, the premier has chosen to play her misguided followers who rant against science and academic medicine on their veiled guise of freedom. Uh, where's another one here? Has he followed up with any links to where that actual science is and, uh, and maybe any, any court cases where that stuff is actually being presented? No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> She's well, where did he say here? Uh, where is it? Misguided followers. Her rep stance on covid which i remind the premier was and is a public health issue not a political punching bag is nothing short of borderline dereliction when the lives of ahs staff and albertans are at stake which is a very interesting comment considering what the government did didn't work nothing mm -hmm. they they told us was going to work worked yeah. um things only got worse and this guy's saying this is uh, how dare the, the the premier not do anything different and not have the same outcome as we had before because the outcome was so great, right? What an idiot. Yeah. There's something she says in here about talking to a doctor. Aha. He then claimed that Smith is taking her nonsense to a new level by inviting a former Trump advisor who has been universally scorned for promoting medical quackery to speak to Alberta's <laughs> health advisor group. So you know who that is, right? Of course. It's Paul Alexander. Yeah, that's our friend, Dr. Paul Alexander. Now, here's the thing. This Paul is coming to Alberta. 
Now, is this fool who is saying these things about Premier Smith, is he willing to sit down at a table and debate Dr. Alexander? Yes. On his medical quackery? Are any yes. of them? Yeah. Will the Minister of Health sit in on this? Will the top doctor, will the, will the, you know, the, the top advisors from the Kenny era, will they sit with Paul Alexander and debate him on the science and medicine? No, they won't. Because Paul would absolutely, he would wipe the floor with their foolish, yeah. slimy asses. I and then the floor would be dirty and we'd have to wipe the floor. Yeah. But he would. They won't, they won't debate him. All they can do is do stuff like this. His medical quackery. Okay. If it's quackery, then why are they so scared to sit down and have a conversation with him? This stuff's all going to come out. Come and out people like watch. this, it is. And people like this, the truth always, always comes out. Maybe it'll be a year. Maybe it'll be five years. Maybe it'll be 10 or 20 or 30 years. But the truth will eventually come out. And people like this, they're going to go down in history and they're going to be remembered as... Oh, I, yeah, as not good. They'll be forgotten, actually. I don't think they'll be forgotten. If, if we were in the States, you know how in the States that they, they almost idolize or keep track of, uh, I'm going to say it anyways, mass murders and, and that, right? They, they're just, I don't understand that concept, but I know a few people follow those. Hey, uh, bigger head. Um, but I know a few people uh, follow that sort of stuff and, and my, I personally don't understand it, but you're right. Like they could be um, famously, whatever idolized. Um, but again, they, there's a difference in mentality between Canadians and Americans anyway. So there really is. I'm really excited that Paul Alexander is going to be brought into the conversation. Yeah. Because this whole, this whole, this guy, this guy is, he's spewing such nonsense in this letter. It's not even funny. Paul isn't universally scorned for what he's no. saying. As a matter of fact, there are a ton, a ton of doctors that agree with Paul. Do you remember the great Barrington declaration? Yes. There's like almost well, a million, almost a million yeah, people. Have there that. wasn't, that's, is that medical quackery? Is that yeah. uh, everybody scorning these doctors that are speaking out? I don't think so. Huh. And then, of course, to top it all off, Carrie, this guy kind of closes his letter with these words. It is unforgiving for a female leader to set such a low standard. Oh, wow. You might as well pick gender in there. Oh, you have to, right? I'm surprised is if I'm surprised race didn't make its way in here. It's true. It must be racist that Premier Smith is trying to fix our health services. You know, no, premiers don't do that because it's a difficult thing to do. And it could be a career ending move to tackle something like health services because the corruption is far and wide. It's extremely deep and there's a lot of money there. The unions love it because they, you know, they get more people employed and they get higher union dues and they make a bunch of money. It's all about money. And if you don't believe me, follow the fucking part of me, follow the money and you'll see it. Yeah. That's why people are dying and being harmed and they're not talking about health. It's because it's about money. Makes me sick. It's a sad, it's just, it's sad when that's exactly what it's about. And we can, we can tell, and especially during the, during uh, the whole pandemic, it, uh, it really came out that that's basically what they're doing. And it, it finds its way to harm and kill more and more people. 
Yeah. And a very obvious and blatant example of that right now. Uh, Carrie, does the name Annette Lewis mean anything to you? No. Should it? So Annette Lewis is in dire need of a transplant. Yes. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yes, I know. Yeah. And Alberta Health Services has said they will not offer her a transplant and save her life. They will let her die because she will not take the jab. That's right. And actually, and I've seen it. I've seen it trending that uh, they'll people have put uh, posts out and tagged Daniel Smith on it to see if she will do anything about it. And I haven't heard anything yet. Would that be out of her jurisdiction? Could she even do anything? I, I don't really know you, what you know. The premier, the premiers don't have unilateral or universal power, yeah. but they certainly have a lot of clout when they say something. I mean, they can look at look at Prime Minister Trudeau. Yeah, he lied to Canada and said that the people in the convoy were uh, small fringe minority with unacceptable unacceptable views, and people believed him. Yeah. Now. He doesn't have a lawful or legal right to divide the country and turn people against each other, but he does it anyway because words are powerful. Yeah. And I think if our premier was advocating for this lady, her words hold a lot of weight and it's very powerful. And those around her, it would probably influence their decisions. Right now, as it stands, what has happened is AHS, Alberta Health Services, has sentenced Annette Lewis to death because she refuses to comply with what they want her to do. They have sentenced her to death. She will die. That's the way it is. And, and, and is that, is that a board decision? Because obviously the board's being struck now, or is that going to be an administrator decision? Is that a hospital decision? Is that like, where, where does the buck stop for that? Do you know? Well, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, places where there's influence here like the obviously the college of physicians and surgeons yeah. there's going to be some uh guidance coming from them speaking of which did you know that the college of physicians and surgeons in ontario sent out a letter to doctors suggesting that they um treat those who refuse to take the covid vaccine as as having mental health issues and put them on antipsychotic drugs oh. that that actually happened um, William Mackis blew the lid off that one. I saw the video posted it to the Facebook page. So the the CPSA, uh, they they do have some sway. Uh, also, there is I think there's a uh, tr a tra how does that go a transplant selection board or something like that. People who it's a group of people who decide who's going to get organs, um, who needs them more, what the best outcomes are, things like yeah. that. So yeah. what they're saying is because this lady refuses to take a COVID jab. Um, for whatever reasons, maybe she's already had COVID. Maybe she has natural immunity. I don't think they offered her any kind of a, any kind of testing to see if she was already immune. They just said, no, you're not buying this pharmaceutical from our new gods, pharma. Uh, yeah. So we're going to let you die. It's th this kind of thing makes it's, it's, it makes me want to move Carrie. It makes me want to actually just disappear and, and never speak to another human being again, because even worse than what's happening, except for you, now, even worse than what's happening with Annette Lewis is there are a whole group of people that are screaming, saying, you know, basically burn the witch, burn the witch because she won't take the jab. And they're agreeing with this. Can like she that? not go? 
to a, a private, like, obviously she's probably exhausted everything, but can she not go to a private health care? Can she not, obviously she can't travel to the States, but could she well, go to Mexico and try and deal with like, I don't know. I think the issue here with that is money. Yeah. Like I, I can't even guess how much I wish Dennis uh, was on this. He could probably tell us, I can't guess how much an organ transplant would cost in the United States. Yeah. And do well, you have to buy the organ? I don't think you can buy organs. I don't think you can. Can you go to another market, country? Black market organs. Yeah, I don't know how that would work because maybe, you know, the people in the United States or Mexico would say, hey, you know, we need these organs for people in our country who need transplants. So you, we're just not giving it. To, I don't know. That's I don't right. know the answer. Yeah. Um, I do know that with enough money, you can do anything like those dirty, rotten, disgusting politicians who uh, use their power and influence and money to get COVID vaccines uh, ahead of other people when mm -hmm. they, even they were saying that other people needed them more and then they, you know, yeah. they're slimy, disgusting, yeah. garbage human beings. Yeah. So I, I don't know what recourse there is for her, but I would imagine that money would probably be uh, a very big uh, hurdle to overcome and probably a whole bunch more. I think there's a lot of checkups and stuff involved after the fact there's uh, yeah. A lifetime regiment of anti-rejection drugs you have to take. Yeah, like it's a big right. deal, right? Yeah. So if she doesn't get it in Canada or in Alberta, she's going to die. And people are okay with that, Carrie. People are okay with this lady dying because she has a different choice over medicine than they do. Yeah. I think people should uh, take a good hard look at, uh, especially those that are uh, opposing this opposing her getting a, a, a transplant and just think of think of themselves if they were in that position there's there's you know we always say do unto others as you would have done to you and that's kind of the way i try and live anyways and i think uh you know most most people of god christians um believe in that and um and when there's a reason that has been propagated through mainstream media and that you are unclean, unclean, dirty people, then uh, that's, yeah, it's, it just, it infuriates me. Almost at a loss for words. Uh, I'm just going to quickly look up what she needs for a transplant. Actually, no, I'm not going to, it doesn't, it doesn't no. matter. It's, 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 I mean, it matters, but it, yeah. it's making me really, really. Someone mad. just said she was on Stu Peter's show. And she couldn't get surgery over there. Yeah. And she says, don't quote me. But um, yeah, like it, it really is. Time is running out. She needs she needs uh, an organ soon. And I don't even know if she's, she's probably not even in a hospital. I, I doubt it. I'm going to look up. She her. might be at home. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a sad sad state and and yeah uh, we should uh we should try and have some political influence um to see if see if this can be rectified somehow um whether and maybe maybe the firing of the ahs board which really only happened on thursday it was a thursday yeah um maybe something will come about from that but it, it better happen really really soon and i know the uh the legislature not that that has any bearing on that decision i think uh really only goes until the end of november and then they're on a break 
because people can just sit back and wait during Christmas. You know, nothing needs to be done politically. Hashtag sarcasm. Uh, I was just looking up the GoFundMe. Or she does have a GoFundMe? Um, somebody said she does, so I'm just checking it out here. But anyway, I know the first thing that came up was a GoFundMe for uh, an Annette Lewis who was trying to get funeral costs covered for her husband. I hope that's not the same person. Well, that would be terrible. Ah, here it is. I found it. So the GoFundMe campaign is taken down. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. There's probably a story behind that, too. Well, I can't find it. So oh, her name is Annette Lewis? Annette Lewis, yeah. I'm actually going to post a link to a uh, Rebel News article about it. Okay. Uh, the JCCF is involved with this. Wow. So I think if you want to help this lady, um, first off, write a letter to your MP and uh, hi, Blaine. And Red Deer, it's Blaine Calkins. Hmm. Uh, and write a letter to your MLA. Hi, Ron. Ron Orr is our okay. MLA here. And tell them that you're not okay with this. Write a letter to the Premier. Write a letter to the Minister of Health. Believe it or not, that stuff does actually work. Um and it doesn't have to be rude or whatever. All you have to say is, hey, I am not okay with this. I'm not okay with our health services providers sentencing people to death because they're not compliant with their narrative. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is. At no time in history, at least as far as I know, um, has this happened. It probably has happened, but I just haven't been paying attention. And that's the thing. We, we, I don't think we've, we have been paying attention at all until the last couple of years. So yeah, who knows those, what his nefarious actions have been taking place, especially over like the last 20 years. Yeah. So I did post in the comments a link to the Rebel News article about it. So if you want to get involved, please do. Please do get involved. Save this woman's life and uh, let's make some noise because all po politics aside, this is literally something where if we accomplish this goal, we save someone's life. Yeah. And it's 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 right there. It's right, yeah. right in front of us to do. So let's do it. Yeah. And if anything, then it just shows the power of the people's voices. It does. Yes, absolutely. And if we got administration in our health services that are doing things like this, fire them. Yeah. Fire them right now. Don't wait. Just fire their asses and put people in there who believe in health. Yeah. As a matter of fact, why don't we put people in these positions who believe in health and wellness? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine, Carrie, if our health services provider in Alberta was concerned with our health and not just concerned with treating us. Or overcapacity in hospitals. Because that seems to be the big thing lately is the collapse of the healthcare system. You got to save our healthcare system, not just yeah. save yourself. Yeah, not worry about your health, not do this, yeah. not do that. Like go home until you turn blue, uh, maybe die in your sleep. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do an autopsy. Or That's right. Actually, probably not because we don't want to know. And again, I'm neither Carrie or I are saying anything bad against doctors and nurses. This isn't about doctors and nurses. This is about the empire in which they try to work. Yeah. Like th those folks took those jobs. Um, I'm sure if you if you ask the nurses or the doctors, you know, what is their stance on it? 
I, I can't imagine them saying, oh, forget it, you know, let her, let her die. I'm pretty sure they would all be sympathetic, and yep. uh, but they would probably just say, sorry, my hands are tied. I can't do anything about it. You know, I, I think it would be surprising to know how many doctors would say things like, well, we can't be assured of the outcome unless she's up to date on all of her yeah. vaccinations. And I would probably argue, okay, um, if we're talking about vaccinations, as in inoculations that uh, that prevent you from becoming sick with or transmitting a certain disease. Yeah. Okay. I'll concede that an injection that does neither of those things. No, yeah. no, it's that's, it's completely yeah. bonkers. Yeah. So there is more, there is more news unless you want to talk about that some more, Carrie. No, that sounds good. Keep going. I think maybe we should actually try and get in touch with Annette and have a conversation with her and let somebody, her answer. Somebody just questions. posted that. And uh, yeah, it would be good to get a, a, her side of the story for sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully she would be up for an interview. Yeah. That brings up another point. Uh, neither Carrie nor I are anti-vaxxers. No, not at all. FYI, information. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I said information twice for comedy there. Um, I, I've had more inoculations than most Canadians do because I worked in South America. So I had to sit in a chair and get needles poked into me on both sides for, yeah. you know, actually I did that twice over a course of a month. Yeah. And I never thought anything of it. I said, oh, yeah. I got to get a yellow fever shot to go to Columbia. I'll just do that. Yeah. Because if you get the yellow fever shot and you go to Columbia, you don't get yellow fever. It's kind of how amazing. it works. Amazing. Yeah, amazing like that. You know, if you and get it, your tetanus shot and you step on a rusty nail, you probably don't get lockjaw. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. But I'm not, not even sure. I'm not, I've heard that that's more of a, uh, an old wives tale or maybe a young wives tale. I don't know. I just call it lockjaw because it sounds funny. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, you've probably had hep A and B. No, I got vaccinated for that. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, can you get both anyways? But yeah, like in terms of vac uh, vaccination, yeah. Uh, hep A and B. And um, uh, what's the other one that I had? The one that, uh, where you, uh, where chicken pox, chicken pox after and you get, uh, oh, come on. Someone I didn't out. get that one, but I was at a well, TikTok party. I, I did I get there. that one. So there was a story with that one. So um, someone will help me out. They'll they'll post what what it is with vaccination. Shingles. Shingles. Thank you. Yeah. Shingrex. So the story with that is that I have a bunch of friends who were in their forties and got shingles, and I turned forty, and I kind of went, hmm, what can I do to prevent getting shingles? Because I don't want to do that. So I went to my doctor, and uh, they said, sorry, you can't get it until you're fifty. So, uh, so it was kind of like, well, okay, but everybody I know uh, that has had it has been in their 40s. And a lot of people have had them a few times. So finally, after pressing and pressing, when I was 48, I went to my doctor and, and finally said, look, this is ridiculous. I really want to get this. And the reason that they wouldn't give it to me before I was 50 is because after 50, it's covered through Alberta Health Care. Ah, uh, follow the money. It's all so about your I had to pay the $180 for the shot in order to get it. And knock on wood, I won't get shingles. Wow. That was it. And now, folks, you got to remember something. When Carrie uh, was doing that, there was no social media. I mean, there's no social media, no internet, no TV. <laughs> And the problem is there was they didn't have running water or sanitation, so it was very no dangerous. Running water, no, 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 no toilets. Yeah, 
And yeah, it wasn't was an injection. They just had a, a piece of skin ago. off an infected person, and they just rubbed it on her on his. <laughs> like this was very crude and rudimentary medicine. Back uh, yeah, yeah. We used to have leeches. Yeah. yeah. Now the we, now oh. now the leeches are AHS. Now the leeches are in uh, in bureaucracy in our health services. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm glad you didn't get shingles. So yeah. obviously so, that was effective. Yeah, I would hope. Cannabis say salve helps with shingles. Guess what? Cannabis salve helps with a lot of things. Mm. It's interesting how many how many benefits there are to cannabis. And uh, of course, the government said that it was bad for us for years and put people yeah. in jail for it. Turns out there is incredible health benefits of which we've just began to, to learn about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's another example why maybe if the government tells you not to do something, you should at the very least question them in it. Yes. Okay, next thing I have, I wrote a list today. What? You have a yeah, list? Yeah, I wrote a list, yeah. Chris never has lists. Do you know Do you know what I called it? This was a kind of shout out to my a, haters. A Chris list? No, a swindler's <laughs> list. <laughs> Just to give a shout out to the, you know, the lying pieces uh, of human garbage that say I'm doing this all for myself. But yeah. anyway, um, turns out, Epstein's info is coming out. What? Yeah. I read that on a few different sources. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's fake. I'm hoping it's true. But it looks like, uh, if any of these people are accurate, that the information contained in the dossiers and all those things is about to be made public. Wow. Maybe that's what's on uh, Biden's laptop. <laughs> uh, which one hunter biden's laptop maybe both. there's a few there's some crack residue and some stains which yeah, are I'm also sure. crack residue on his laptop <laughs> apparently wow that would be that would be amazing i'd like to know that list yeah me too yeah um that's one of those things like you, you can you can't hide the truth you know you can delay it you can delay it but eventually it's going to come and it's going to kick your ass yeah so there, there we go, Trudeau. Woo I don't know if he's on the list, but I guess we're I don't know. Uh, that's all I know about it. I just thought I'd mention it. Okay, that was okay. So here is the very tricky and sensitive topic. Well, you're gonna hate me for bringing this one up. Okay, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> go ahead. So there was a meeting. With the treaty six, seven, and eight chiefs in South yes. Alberta, yes, and they collectively uh, declared that they stand against Daniel Smith's sovereignty act. Mm. And I watched this press release, and there was a few things that really caught my attention. The first one is the sovereignty act hasn't even been drafted yet. That's right, and these chiefs are saying that it's unconstitutional. And it violates charter rights and freedoms and it violates treaties. Now, unless they know something that we don't or that we don't know, I'm not sure how they can make those claims having not seen it yet because it's not even drafted. Yeah. But anyway, that was the first thing. Uh, the second thing is I'm kind of wondering about the context of this because one of the chiefs mentioned something along the lines of he doesn't agree with Premier Smith and her sovereignty act kind of pandering to 
a small minority of Albertans who don't or who are unhappy with the Liberal government. Did you catch that? Yeah. He said that this sovereignty act is coming into into uh, the legislature yeah. because of a small minority of Albertans who are unhappy with the Trudeau Liberal government. Yeah. Is it a small minority of Albertans who are unhappy with the Liberal government? I think it might be a small minority who don't understand what's actually going on. Yes, I would agree with you. And I would also say, and I'm probably going to regret saying this, that there is a small group of people who recently came into a huge sum of money from the federal government. That is very true. Government. You're right. We're now speaking out against our premier and her putting Alberta first by saying, F you federal government and not even, and I'll explain that in a second. Yeah. So I am having a really tough time with this because, you know, it's hard to even talk about it. It's another one of those things where it's awkward for me and it shouldn't have to be awkward, but I'm a white dude. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced any of the things that um, our indigenous brothers, brothers and sisters have. I've never had to grow up with that. I've seen it happen around me. I felt bad for them. I've, uh, you know, watched uh, friends and and actually relatives of mine who are indigenous go through these things, but it has never been my battle. Mm-hmm. So I really do feel a little bit awkward in talking about it, but I feel like we have to talk about it because why should I be, why should I have to be scared to speak out ag- for or against something because of the color of my skin? Yeah. Should I? Should I have to be scared to speak? I, no, I shouldn't. Um, and I guess it's not even that I'm scared. I just, I, I know how these conversations go and I know what the woke left do with these conversations. They weaponize them. So tomorrow I'll be a racist. I'll be a white supremacist because I didn't agree with these guys. But I guess that's the way it is. When you dig into this a little deeper, Um, it's very easy to see right through what's happening. Our Indigenous brothers and sisters have been affected by really, really bad liberal government policies for the entire time the Liberals have been in office. As a matter of, well, I mean, they're they're always affected by, we're all affected by these policies. But in particular, we have some uh, treaty Indians in Alberta who are very supportive of a lot of our energy products. They want their projects. They want them to happen because they want their communities to be elevated. They want prosperous. Yes. They want to prosper. Yeah. And they're constantly used as political fodder in order for one government to stop another government from doing something. And then they're the ones that suffer. That's the truth. I mean, the, the, the pipelines that were supposed to be built, 95% of the treaty Indians who were along the route were supportive of it because they know that those projects benefit their communities immensely Yeah, and they prosper. They're, they're participating, they're participating in industry and they want to do that. So why would some not want to? Well, uh, there was one who stood on a stage with Neil Young who, by the way, Neil Young used to be kind of one of my favorite classic rock dudes. I even have a a Martin guitar behind me, not an expensive one, but I bought that Martin because I like playing Neil Young music. Mm. He stood with a a chief and spoke out against the oil sands. Mm -hmm. 
And it was later found out that that chief was paid $50,000 to do that. So I guess you should probably consider people's motivations for saying things. Now, if I was the recipient of a, a recipient of $1.3 billion payout, yes. um, I would be inclined probably to kiss the person's ass who gave me the money. Yeah. And I would, well, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't, I've never been in that situation. Maybe Trudeau, give me $1.5 billion <laughs> and then let's have it. Well, it'll be a science experiment. We'll see if I fold it. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to time in any time here because yeah. I, I, I'm having a hard time. Uh, I, I know that I don't always say things clear enough in a way that people can understand and not twist it so that I look like a asshole. So if you don't mind looking like an asshole for a minute, Carrie, that's great. Yeah, sure. You know, the, uh, that's the thing about the English language is that if you, and, and, and that's why I, I text a lot. Um, and, and people know that I text pretty much emails to people, but I do that because it's such a, a quick medium. I know some people can look at it right away. And it's, for me, it's faster than dealing with uh, an email and actually having to open up a different browser, blah, blah, blah. But the thing about the English language is you can read any sentence and you can skew it somehow. Right. And that's the thing about the English language ah, by moving a comma. Even by moving an Oxford comma, you did something on an Oxford comma one time. Um, and, and just, it, it, it can be totally uh, skewed, uh, misunderstood based upon that. So I think no matter what you say and how you say it, it can be cut up and out of context and someone will uh, uh, ostracize you for it. So, well, I guess... If that's the case, then I'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah, you may as well. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Thelma and Louise it right over the cliff. So let's, uh, you know what? If we if we live stream that, we'd probably get lots of views on it. <gasps> we should no, do that with we're not time. doing that. No. Airbags. Yeah, we can. If we had a parachute. We'll go to head smash in Buffalo Jump and drive the picker off there. No. Yeah. I don't, It'd be more like, that? it would just go like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's dig into what these these chiefs have said. And I do I uh, I suppose I should probably state that uh, you know as a getting old white dude, um, I do recognize that our indigenous brothers and sisters have had a pretty they've had a really rough role role in 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 my lifetime. I've seen things that break my heart. I never knew what to do about it. Um, the only thing I can think to do about it right now is to try and move this province to a place where everybody can prosper and everyone has a seat at the table and we don't have to worry about these things anymore. So digging into this a little bit, the claim that uh, Daniel Smith's Sovereignty Act is unconstitutional and violates charter rights is incorrect. 100% it is patently false. False claim, fact checked right here in my home office, false. And I say this because Premier Smith has stated uh, that the Sovereignty Act will respect the Supreme Court decisions. The Sovereignty Act is about putting Alberta first and regaining control over uh, jurisdiction in which, or, or, or over gaining control in areas in which we have constitutional jurisdiction. As in, we have lawful jurisdiction in these areas. Our provincial police force, provincial pension plan, yeah. resource development... Um, 
all of those things that we have a constitutional claim to. The Sovereignty Act says, in, or the idea of it is, Alberta is telling the federal government, we are grown up now, we will deal with our own affairs, stay out of our lane, and we'll stay out of yours. Mm -hmm. And if you try and encroach into our lane, we're not going to recognize you doing it. And we have every constitutional right to do that. Then it is elevated to the Supreme Court. And I called Danielle Smith out on this. I, I asked her about this because she, she said the, pretty much the same thing to me. And I said, Danielle, how do you plan to accomplish that in the Supreme Court when Kenny just showed us we cannot win in the yeah. Supreme Court? And what she told me was a real eye-opener. The Jason Kenny government, when they went before the Supreme Court regarding the carbon tax, you remember that? Yes. I think yeah. most people yeah. remember yeah, that. Yeah, we've had this conversation. Jason Kenney and the Alberta government challenged the, the federal government on the carbon tax. Yeah. When they went into court, if you look at the, the transcript, one of the very first things you see is that the judge says, neither side is disputing the facts of climate change. So the Kenny government was acknowledging mm -hmm. and accepting that climate change caused by man was real and the world's going to be on fire by 2016. The federal liberal government was saying, uh, climate change is caused by man. It's caused by cows farting. And if we don't stop cow farts and also stop politicians from farting out their mouths, the world will burn by 2016. So the judge said, because neither side is disputing the facts of climate change, we are going to rule in favor of the federal government because yeah. the benefit to, 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 the, to the country, uh, it only happens if we continue to exist. And the only way to do that is to tax everybody to death. That's how that happened. So, so going further, going so with going. what what uh, Daniel Smith is, and and basically coming up with this sovereignty act. So before I go into that, can I even ask who is actually writing the sovereignty act? Do you know? Like, is it just so, a couple of lawyers? Is it Daniel Smith? As far as down? I know, um, Premier Smith has directed. Oh, I don't want to say it. Mr. Shandro to, to draft the Sovereignty Act. Okay. I don't like Tyler Shandro. I don't like him. I think he's a pompous, arrogant asshole. Hmm. Uh, the things that he did during the pandemic pissed me off to no end. As a matter of fact, Carrie, remind me to get his Christmas present out to him on Monday because it's sitting in my office ready to go. And it's not anything bad or violent. It's actually a Christmas present oh. for Tyler Shandro and Jason okay. Kenny. I want to thank them for their service. Anyway, she's directed him to draft it, but it's not just him. Uh, as far as I know, I think one of our friends, Mr. Rath, he's okay, involved so, yeah. in some aspect with that. There's some constitutional lawyers working on it. Sure. It's a team of people. It is a team effort. Well, they would have to be because, you know, they, they have to kind of skirt around the whole constitution because otherwise, as I've heard from many groups, there could be this constitutional crisis. Because whatever we say, depending on the situation, and I know I can see the wheels turning in your head, you're right. Like if it's if it yeah. deals with policing or if it deals with pension, any of those that um, the provincial jurisdiction is okay with, then not an issue. But if it's withholding uh, equalization payments or anything like that, that's you know that's a constitutional I, crisis. I don't think that's on the I don't think that's on the on table the, because yeah. Premier Smith has stated that the Sovereignty Act will respect the rule of law. Okay. And I, I, I but you, I, I don't know for sure. I think this is more like kind of like what Scott Moe said. 
yeah, don't Justin, don't bother sending federal inspectors to our province to look in our, our rivers because yes. that's yeah. our wheelhouse. Yeah. Stay the hell out of our wheelhouse. If you come yeah. here, we'll arrest you. Yeah. Because you're vi you're breaking the law. Yeah. I think it's more like that. I think it's more taking a stand for things that we have a right to, of which there are plenty. We could start yeah. there. That that's not a problem. Yeah. I want to I want to make something clear about my comments with Tyler Shandro. Just because I don't like Tyler Shandro and I believe that he is a, a corrupt, narcissistic, evildoer, um, a scorpion, as my friend Hart says. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he is a good lawyer. Mm. He is. And I don't want him in that job. I don't want him to be one of our ministers. But he is. He is the minister right now. And for whatever reason, the premier has continued... Uh, let him continue in that position. Yeah. If I could snap my fingers and, and change her mind and, and make her fire him, I would. But at some point you, you have to, you have to trust that somebody has thought about these things and not just attack everything because there is definitely enough stuff to attack right now. Mm -hmm. And I was livid when I found out copying and Chandra remained in their positions. So was I. I don't agree with it. Yeah. But that's the situation we are in right now. So we're going to move forward yeah. um, for better or for worse. So, yeah, yeah, this is a, it's a team effort. And probably at the end of the day, Shandro has less to do with this than anybody else. It's probably just a signature on a ministerial order, right? Uh, the, the collective team of, of big brains and nerds that are going to write this thing, yeah. um, they're, they're the meat and potatoes. We don't know when this will be done and presented or anything like that. Like, will it will it even happen before the next election in May? Oh, it better. I mean, like, come on. If it doesn't, get on. I think that's it, that's political suicide for them because it's already they, been too long. Waiting. Yeah. It's already been too long. Rob Anderson and uh, uh, Barry Cooper and them that wrote the Free Alberta Strategy yeah. that contained the Alberta saw parts of the that the Alberta Sovereignty Act is based off of, this has been out there for uh, a long time. Yeah. And I think oh, years, a, a couple, three years or something like that. It's not new. It's there. All it has, all that has to be done is it's got to be adjusted and tweaked to suit what our new government or what our government of the day wants to see. Yeah. So I don't see any reason why this can't be out quickly. Yeah. Especially considering that Premier Smith was campaigning on it. If she was campaigning on it, she obviously knows what it's going to contain and they should damn well get it done. Yeah. Hint. Other hint. than other than the other candidates um, didn't really know what was what was in it. So it was all this mystery fluff all the time. I'm not right. saying it's it's not a it's not a thing. I'm just until I see the the proof in the pudding, I do question exactly. what it is. Exactly. I mean, we have to question everything. We can't we got to dig into stuff. We can't just take any of this stuff at face value. Yeah. Even though, you know, I'm very hopeful that the things that the UCP say they want to do will work. I'm very hopeful, yeah. but I'm also very cautious. Yeah. Um, I, I know there's a lot of people who are angry with me for even acknowledging the fact that they're, they're trying to do these things, but that's a tough position to be in. What am I supposed to do? Do I, I, I I'm not comfortable with just attacking and tearing down everything they're trying to do. Cause I want to see them succeed. Right? I have no political ambitions in any of this either way. I want to see the government 
a government succeed in making Alberta strong and free and prosperous. I want that. Yeah. So it, it is a, it is a, I don't know. It's tough. And it makes it even tougher when things happen. Like, you know, I, I had this idea that when Danielle took the premier's office and was appointed as an MLA, that she was going to go through and just get rid of all these tyrants and dictators and, and pe people who abused their power through the pandemic. I was really hoping for that. That was what I had expected. That's what a win looked like for me and it didn't happen. So now I'm put in a position where I have to, I have to think this way, like, maybe the win that we're going to see doesn't look like what I thought it was going to going yeah, to, you know? Yeah. Well, and again, so I, I'm not really sure politically what a premier can do on his or her own. Right. I, I'm, I'm still thinking that they're tied to, in this particular case, the UCP board and they're getting direction from the board to say, this is what we can do. Because honestly, like if, if you or I were immediately dropped into the position of premier, we'd have this no, this amount of knowledge base. But the board should have this much and they should know exactly what we can or cannot do. So yeah. then they would be giving us direction of what to do. So uh, if I was the premier, yeah. I would have done something similar to this. I, I wouldn't have gone in and said, okay, um, you're fired, you're fired, you're all fired, you're all fired. You're fired. I would have gone to people who take care of those groups and I would have said, this is what's going to happen. We're going to find out who on your team is doing what yeah we're going to find out what their performance and their job history has been like and then you are going to be responsible for uh trimming the fat on your team and making sure that your team goes this direction then you do that on the next levels up and you maybe keep that, going maybe that has happened maybe it has happened i don't right. know but there because you can't imagine that that would take place like right away that's yeah, going to be a few weeks how could you go in as a new premier and just immediately know exactly who needs to be fired on the first day? You don't, yeah. you couldn't possibly know. You have to rely on the people around you and you have to let those people know who are in your circle. You have to let them know, this is the direction that I am going as the leader of this province. This yeah. is the direction we're going and this to, to this place. Yeah. We're going to fix these things, get it done. Yeah. And if you don't get it done, you're out. That has to be made very clear. So I'm that's that's what I would do because it's it's too big for one one person just to yeah. do it. No, that makes and you know that's that's almost the way a, a corporation would would work. Emerging corporations, you come in, you say, well, okay, let's trim the fat, let's get down to like fifty employees. Yeah, that's a Twitter reference. Yeah, <laughs> but Twitter's still a rolling. Jordan Peterson's yeah. back on there. Yes, he Speaking is. Jordan Peterson, if you haven't watched uh premier smith's interview with jordan peterson it was uh pretty good yeah i think she did a great job and i really like the questions that jordan peterson asks and i like the fact that it is live and not scripted yes yeah and most most of the time i listen to these types of podcasts while i'm driving and it just so happens that once i got back from uh, manitoba i haven't been driving as much so i really need to get on the out get out on the road again and listen to all these and catch up with what's actually been going on in the last few days it's amazing oh. what happens in the last last few days yeah there's a there's a lot yeah and there's it seems like every day it's constant attacks yeah. on every single thing that uh, premier smith does yeah some stuff is warranted some questions are certainly uh, appropriate but some of the stuff i i'm not okay with um twisting stuff 
to suit political agendas. I'm just, yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. Uh, what Anything else we got here? I had some more stuff I wanted to talk about. Ah, um, do you want to dig any deeper into the the chief speaking out against the Sovereignty Act? One of the things that I sure. I thought was kind of ironic about that is one of the things they said was they didn't like that uh, Premier Smith was talking about sovereignty for Alberta. And when you talk about sovereignty for a province, that's something we already have. It's constitutional. And coming from a chief who has been fighting for sovereignty for his people, mm -hmm. like within the law, I mean, how can you, how can you be okay with one and not the other? How can you be okay with taking all of your sovereign rights for your people, but not being be okay with Alberta taking all of their sovereign rights um, for Albertans? It it doesn't make any sense at all. Good question. Yeah. Until, of course, you look at it through the lens of $1.5 or $1.3 billion. Then it comes into focus. It's very sharp. Sense. You're right. Yeah. I don't know what, it's, what else to say about that. <laughs> there was a question that came up in the, uh, in the questions there, in the comments. Uh, should someone from Ontario move to Alberta? Yes. The you know, I would, I would totally say yes. And the reason is because if we need more like-minded people here in Alberta, right? It's easier to fight whatever is happening if we're all in the same mindset. And if we're spread across the, the globe, if you want to do the globe or across the country, come here, come move. Yeah. Maybe it is time for like-minded people to all kind of take their stand I don't want to call it the Alamo because that didn't turn out well. No. But, uh, you know, we need to, we're stronger together. And the more like-minded people, the more chance we have being successful. Yeah. And we've already lost a lot of battles, including the digital ID battle. I mean, that's here. I told you that earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, we read that. Uh, is it basically coming into, uh, into Europe and on a trial? And, um, and there's a few other stories with that. And I, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of shocked that, well, I shouldn't be shocked at all. We knew it was going to be coming into play. It's just a matter of, are people really that naive? And they think that having it all on a phone or in a wallet is a great idea. And of course, a lot of people will say that, yeah, I'd love to have a chip in my hand so I don't have to carry around my wallet until they realize what the story on the other side is, is that, you know, take, uh, giveth and take it away where yeah, exactly they, they could basically say, yep, you know what? You're, you're, you're protesting. Uh, so you're frozen. Yep. You're given 50 credits to buy such and such food. And guess what? You've already, uh, had too much meat this week. So all you can get is bread. Um, but a lot of people, great. a lot of people don't even know that that's a, a, a thing. It certainly is. I got to get back to this. Uh, there's a comment on here. Okay. I don't want to miss it because it was important. The first one is from Pam. Pam says the Whistle Stop Cafe. That uh, Obviously, she's uh, using our name as a greeting. Yeah. Vaccination requirements have been in place for years for transplant recipients. This isn't anything new. So uh, we're going to look into that. 
and find out what that means and what the protocols are. The second thing is someone on here, this is from Yvonne, somebody on here just posted that this one chief said the treaties lie with the crown and the province cannot change this. Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. What does that have to do with the Sovereignty Act? That's my first question. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're putting this in the context of Alberta independence, uh, obviously uh, an independent Alberta would have to recognize existing treaties. That's just the way it is. Yes. Nobody no ever what. said they weren't going to. That's right. But that's one of the first things that I hear from people is, well, you can't do anything like that without consulting the First Nations. And while they should be consulted and should be at the table, it also has to be perfectly clear that any existing treaties that they have with the Crown would be honoured. Mm -hmm. So how, how does the Sovereignty Act affect treaties that have been made with the Crown? And going further... We all know that the treaties that have been made with the Crown, uh, the Crown hasn't lift, uh, lived up to a lot of them. They haven't given them what they said they were going to give. They haven't done what they said they were going to do. Yeah. And, you know, you want to I'm talk assuming about... I'm fresh, fresh water is in one of those. Well, that's there's there's more to that. Yeah. I, I was going to go on this big uh, clean drinking water thing, and, you know, I've, I've dug a little deeper, and I found out some things. We're not going to talk about it here tonight, yeah. but... There is more to that than just the government. It's not the government saying, we're not going to give you clean drinking water. It's not that at all. Yeah. Um, it has more to do with a few getting much and corruption than it does with uh, the, the tools and resources not being there to accomplish those goals. I can believe that, especially after when we did the, uh, the episode with the unmarked mass graves. Um, that was an eye-opener. And if, if you haven't watched it, by all means, please uh, please go back and, and take a look. It's just a couple of days old. It was with uh, Michelle Sterling. And um, it certainly wasn't the, the episode that I thought we were going to be doing with uh, the APP webinar. But I'm glad we did because every everything out there has two sides to every story. And that is definitely one that really opens up your eyes and makes you wonder what exactly truths are coming out through the mainstream media. And and, and and if it's not true, why are they leaning in a certain direction? It's really easy to get on a soapbox and say, oh, the government won't give this or give that, and how dare they, human rights, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it's another thing to actually find out, is this, is this going on, or why is this happening in the first place? Yeah. Right? Like, uh, it's tough. It's a tough yeah. one. Uh, what else did I see on here? Digital currency. Rid of cell phones. Nope, not happening. Ah, yes. So today I was doing a little bit of research into Klaus Schwab's book, The Great Reset. Yes. And guess what I didn't find in there? The words that actually say build back better? <laughs> no. <laughs> and and I didn't it. actually I didn't actually go through the whole book. I just okay. I used the search function. Okay. Um, I did not find any entry in that book that said anything about. Uh, and I've said this before, quote, quoting the book. Yeah. That uh, the world population will be reduced from whatever billion to one point five billion through limited wars, endemics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blah, and blah, I've blah. seen I've seen that paragraph. It's not now, in the what, book. Now it's not in the book. 
then I wonder if it was in one it's of the- It's in a different book from oh. the 1930s. Oh. And I can't remember the name of the fellow that wrote it, um, but he was the one that actually referred to people as useless eaters. Okay. Now, the World Health Organization has quoted that book. And so it's kind of you know semi-true that they believe those things. And I'm not saying this because I'm trying to defend them, but I was made aware today through some digging of my own that I misquoted something and I want to make sure people know that I am aware of it. That's yeah. all. Actually, that, that, that's even a great topic to go on too, is that there are a lot of uh, mistruths or misunderstood statements. And, uh, you know, everybody here gets memes sent to them. And some of them are funny. Some of them are quite serious. I almost never post anything on our social media unless I've actually done a little bit of digging to make sure that whatever is posted up there is true. Yeah, sometimes you have to do more than a little, though. Yeah, no, that's true. Down through yeah. a bunch of layers of social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it is good. To, you don't just get something and then immediately share it or retweet it or whatever. Um, step back and actually take a look at it and see whether or not it is true. You're pondering. You're. You're. Are you? Yeah, I'm reading a comment about the vax in relation to organ transplants, and someone said, uh, "Pam says its main job is to prevent serious, severe illness, which is very important when you're a high-risk immunocompromised organ transplant recipient." Okay. Um, again, health, health, yeah. health, mm -hmm. and not only that, but. Injecting something like that into immunocompromised patient, uh, something that messes with the immune system, has been shown to cause immunodeficiencies, um, seems counterproductive to me, especially considering the outcome for 99.9% .9 of COVID patients. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. I'd much rather have all my organs. What? <laughs> I said I'd much rather have all my organs than to have to deal with uh, um, getting a jab and then not having a life. Yeah. Right. That's so a that's a thing. And and so what was uh, what was Annette Lewis's? Uh, I've, I've got a brain fart there for a second. Annette Lewis's uh, organ is heart transplant. Lung uh, transplant. Let me Do go. You know? I know we've just said organ transplant, but I'm not sure. I'm sure someone uh, will uh, will come up there. Something I'll say something. Oh, okay. I'm looking on the Rebel article, and here's what the ruling said. Below are expert excerpts from the uh, Justice R. Paul Belzil. His ruling no one has a right to receive transplants okay and no one is forced to undergo undergo transplantation surgery it is illogical for the applicant to freely accept all other preconditions to transplantation and object to one on the basis of alleged medical coercion the charter has no application to clinical treatment decisions made by the treating physicians hmm there's a publication ban on it. So it looks like they are banning information, including 
what needs to be transplanted? Must be because I know people are saying two lungs, kidney. Yeah. Somebody just said I look 55. Screw you, Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> if I was, then I'd be able to go to Denny's and get half price breakfast. I got a few years for that. But it will be coming quick. Oh, Sheila Annette Lewis. Sheila Annette Lewis. Okay. Who suffers from idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which probably means she needs a heart transplant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, you're still cute, though, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Someone had asked about what do we know about UNDRIP? And again, that could be an entire episode. And Chris and I are going through kind of what the next couple of weeks of our schedule looks like. And uh, and that's definitely something we're going to try and talk about more about UNDRIP. Because uh, even driving back from Manitoba, well, going there and back, I listened to a bunch of podcasts and, um, and I listened to a few episodes on UNDRIP. And uh, one in particular kind of really made my eyes open. And uh, I'd like to explore that and um, and have um, definitely someone that's an expert in the field to come on. So if you don't know, I said heart. I think yeah. it's lungs. It's lungs. Pulmonary yeah. fibrosis is lungs, not heart. I don't okay. Know why I yeah. Somebody just said she needs lungs. Um, so UNDRIP is the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, and basically. From what I can understand, it's, yeah, that's true too. Many in Canada need brain transplants. Um, basically, it's handing over property rights to the Indigenous. And from what I've, again, it's a long story, but from what I've been reading and listening to, the problem with that, it was, there you go. The problem with that is... Um, the property rights will go to the indigenous and the way the indigenous bands are set up, they will fail on the administration of looking after their land. And then the UN will come in and save the day and take away all the land. That's, that's the very short version of it. And you can argue a couple of different ways based on, on that, but that is what it looks like could possibly happen. And from what I've uh, heard about that could even happen within five years. So, and that's, that's another, yeah. What, what is I, the definition of indigenous? I was born here. Yeah. And so that's, that's the other thing too, is that in the UN definition, which they have changed in the last couple of years of what indigenous was, but the previous definition was basically just people of the land. So the new ah. definition, new definition actually says something along the lines, people that, people that are, I don't know, um, people that live on the land or something like that, meaning Anybody from anywhere on the planet, if you had, uh, and I'm not picking on any race or anything, but if we had some Chinese people come over to Vancouver, they would be allowed to have the land too. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. Well, that makes sense considering. Hey, uh, she the had a shoebox. She had a little uh, Seaberg wall box there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, 3WS, I believe is what it was. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> what was I going to say? I don't ah, know. Yes. Now you're thinking. Oh, was I supposed to say something? Yeah. Well, you were. 
<laughs> so uh, the the term indigenous and first peoples and all that. Yeah. So here, Leighton Gray points out a very interesting thing. Um, some of the groups that are have treaties, current treaties right now, um, claiming first people or whatever, they fail to mention that they're not necessarily the first people. I mean, there were tribal wars on and off in North America for hundreds, probably thousands of years yeah. before Europeans ever got here. So who was really here first? Like how far back do we go? Do we only stop when skin color changes or do we continue going back farther and farther to find out who was whose land it was in the very beginning maybe all the land rights should go to the neanderthals i don't think there were neanderthals carrie <laughs> it's fake news it's fake news yep. the woolly mammoths there you go <laughs> those aren't fake news Did I did I ruin your train of thought there? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about how much stuff is going on and yeah. you know how we've been so successfully divided over these issues that you can't even really talk about it without getting attacked. Yeah. Crazy. And I'm also thinking about some of the things we learned when we spoke with Michelle Sterling again. Mm -hmm. um, some of the stuff we didn't know. Uh, specifically, when I was in elementary school, they didn't teach us anything about. Um, actually, I think I think we still called them Indians back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As does the federal government, and with the Indian Act. Act. But anyway, we weren't taught much more than uh, Europeans came here and we made treaties. And Canada is so great because we didn't kill everybody and take the land. We had made agreements to work together and live together. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. They didn't ever mention um, who was the guy that discovered the West Coast on the ship. Was it Captain Vancouver? That would make sense, wouldn't it? That would make sense. Not Kangaroo. That's a different show I watched. Pretty Tabo. sure it was Captain Vancouver. Tabo. But anyway, the captain that sailed around the West Coast and he was one of the first Europeans. Was he even a European? Now, I, I don't know. My history is pretty rough here because mm. they didn't teach it in school. I learned this when I was like 30 years old. But in his diary, in his journals, he describes civilizations and towns uh, on the on the west coast of British Columbia yeah. that appeared to be semi-advanced. They had uh, buildings that were used as teaching places, like schools. Um, they had like kind of like stores or storehouses, like more advanced than the typical imagery of a bunch of teepees with. Um, uh, nomadic tribes that just yeah, yeah. knew where the food is, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like that. It was more similar to an like an early early European settlement kind of thing. Yeah. But what he also saw was bodies piled up in the streets or the roads or the paths or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And in getting to uh, getting information from the folks that lived there, I don't know how they did that because they, they obviously spoke different languages, but they learned that what had happened was a great sickness had come across the land and it seems to be that it was smallpox. As a matter yeah, of fact, I think that that's what history sense. records it as it was smallpox yeah. and it wiped out 80, 90, 95 or something percent of um, the, uh, the Indian tribes in, in British Columbia. And that got me thinking if that hadn't happened, North America would look very different than it does now. Mm -hmm. Like there is no way Europeans would have come over here and, you know, just done 
any of the things to take the land or annex the land or whatever, because there would have been way too many people. And that's true. And it would have been a different, a different situation altogether. Yeah. So, but that wasn't taught in schools. Um, they also didn't teach me in school, in elementary school, about the stuff that the federal government did to, you know, arguably try and destroy the culture of the people who were here before the Europeans mm -hmm. got here. Yeah. You know, they never told us that kids got beaten in school because they were speaking their language. And they never told us that the RCMP went into people's homes and took their children yeah. and put them in residential schools. Mm -hmm. And then as I grew up and started learning some of this stuff, it actually absolutely blew my mind that this happened in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I've had, uh, so my, my daughter's mother, she's, she's a, a native woman and Zach's mom as well. She's a native woman. As a matter of fact, I kind of joke about it. She's the only blonde Indian in her family. <laughs> and when we used to go up to Hines Creek to visit her grandma and the rest of her family, um, I remember talking to her grandma her her last name was mosquito mm. and she didn't talk about history at all she never wanted to talk about anything to do with history she was a residential school survivor um very few members of the family even heard the stories i don't think i don't think she talked about it to anybody yeah. it was that bad and you know but talking to other parts of her family it it was like totally apparent that the way things were set up, it was maybe it wasn't in, in the beginning designed so that they would fail, but the way things changed and how society has evolved, it turned into a structure where success was almost impossible within that set of rules and within that yeah. kind of governance or whatever. And nobody seemed to be super happy about it. So these are all things I learned in my later adult years. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to be a kid now, but at least they're teaching that stuff. It's interesting that you actually use the the term residential school survivor because I actually think of myself as a high school survivor. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> Sorry, I was reading. Uh, I was trying to be a little lighthearted on that, and that's okay. No, the, yeah, I'm going to rewind a, it. Being a residential school survivor, that's that seems like an odd term, but I consider myself to be a high school survivor. Ah, See, Harry, see where I went with that? Yeah. I'm going to take some heat for that, aren't you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No. No, certainly not to detract from what people went through. But no, not at as all. As Michelle Sterling pointed out, this wasn't necessarily uh, limited to um, Native folks. No. Like when people sent their kids away to school back then, their kids got beaten. That's the way it was. If you spoke out in class, yeah. you got the yeah. cane or the whip or whatever. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a pleasant experience for a lot of kids. You know what, when we did, yeah, when we did the, um, that interview, um, I wrote down on my notes, the strap, because they were talking about the strap was taken away in 2005 or something like that. And I'm, I can definitely attest to that, that, uh, so I had only re received the strap once. And that was, uh, because I, I don't even remember the actual conversation I had with my teacher, but obviously they assumed that I was talking back to them and maybe that's why I'm the way I am today. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I got the strap and it was one of those things where it seemed that was the, the way that they could punish people and just it's quick and you get it done and then you can continue on. But now I don't even know what they actually do for discipline in school. 
maybe they don't even discipline in school. Maybe they're they're allowed to do whatever they want, right? Well, they're allowed to shit in litter boxes in the corner if you're a furry. But you have to be you have to go into the school that day and identify yourself as a furry. That's a whole different if if people don't know what we're talking about. That's uh soji sexual oriented gender identification, I think is what it means. Yeah. That's a whole other topic too. That's another topic I would like to talk about uh in an episode too. So because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I uh, it, it it makes me nauseous about what they're actually teaching in school and um, and if if you haven't been involved in school so my daughters are 24 and 22 so they're in university so there is that that side of the equation too but in terms of elementary and um, and high school or junior high and high school. If you don't know of anybody that's in elementary, um, try and find somebody and ask them about what they're actually teaching uh, in school. And from what I've heard, parents actually don't really know what's going on in school. And if they are, they're quickly glossed over. Uh, some of the some of the pages and pamphlets that are brought home. Um, if I saw that, I would be stomping into the school and saying, "What are you What are you talking about here?" They've got. They're romanticizing the whole gender fluidity and uh, they're talking about um, uh, unicorns and, and I, what do you identify with today? And then as you go up through the, uh, the, the grades, they talk about uh, gingerbread men and, or gingerbread people, I guess. And, uh, and they talk about, oh, I, the whole topic makes me nauseous. Yeah, talking about, you know, icing and on the gingerbread and and where where do you identify on this gingerbread spectrum and, and like it just sounds what? so bizarre why are they Absolutely. talking about gingerbread you know you could you could look it up because i'm sure if you go on Alberta, like uh alberta education right yeah look it up look up gingerbread person look up unicorn i don't even know what else yeah yeah someone's identified as an owl that's that's awesome yeah I don't even know what I would identify with as a beer drinker. Is that an orientation? Could be an orientation. <laughs> you know, we, we try and put a little bit of a light spin on a lot of these, uh, these serious dark topics, but um, it just kind of shows that there's, there's a lot of stuff happening out there that uh, again, we've really only become aware of them because um, because of COVID. And, and if anything, two weeks to flatten the curve where you're kind of sitting back and you're, oh, let's see, can I watch uh, Tiger King again? Where you kind of go, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm going to do my own research and try and find out what's going on. And so for a lot of us, that seemed to actually open up our eyes as, as to what's going on. Can you find it? Can you not? Yeah, I'm reading about it, but I just don't want. I don't want to. It's <laughs> so it's there. It's what did you? What were your? What were your search terms? So people can search. Soji gingerbread them. man. Gingerbread man. School. Elementary. Yeah, it's just it's just there's a gingerbread person and it's talking. Yeah. Yeah. 
Murray says beer makes you sart. Did you know it that? It makes you sart. <laughs> you spelt fart wrong. Well, I think those kids should start identifying as teachers. Yes. They should start identifying as teachers from the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. And bring out the strap. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, going through the whole school thing, the uh, one of the other stuff that I was reading about was, uh, you know, they, they, it's because they actually explicitly talk about sex openly not in just a, a sex class. Remember when we were in, uh, I don't even know what year it was. I guess it was grade seven for me when we started talking about sex ed. Now they bring up sex in every, in every uh, subject. So they probably bring it up in math. They probably bring it up in social studies. They bring it up in yeah, chemistry and biology. I guess they could easily bring that up. But I question when they, when they bring that stuff up, um it's it's almost like anybody that um uh, can identify as being a pedophile can actually bring up this stuff in school so if you're a teacher and you're a closet pedophile and i'm just i'm just kind of making this stuff up as i'm rambling but that is scary that is absolutely freaking scary that they could possibly bring up sex in any subject Right. Because I know at the back when I was in school, we had guidance counselors. We had um, I forgot what the other term what they, they would come up with, but it was another research department type of person. And they would come in and they would teach us. So we wouldn't learn it from our English teacher or anything like that. And uh, but now it seems like the, the spectrum is wide open. Yeah. You know, back in my day, um, when people were they needed props to discover their sexuality they just used a warm apple pie not a gingerbread man <laughs> that's right yeah or or a watermelon yep wait that was a movie Never that was mind. definitely a movie yeah. yeah american pie anyway the whole thing's bonkers we've let it go way too far um yeah. i uh, schools have no business doing the things they're doing to our children at all. Anyway, back to the uh, Epstein information. Oh, okay. Epstein information. Might as, might, yeah. might as well do. I've got about uh, I've got about six minutes before I actually have to jump off of here and get myself ready for a karaoke tonight. But I continue anyway. But yeah. I do want to mention something that's happening. Is it? I think it's next weekend. Check it out. Wait. How do you do this again? Are you sharing a screen? There. Share screen. I don't see it. Do you see it? Home tab, window. And that one. Oh, look at that. It's oh, happening oh, next weekend. That's right, in Calgary. It's uh, Yeah, the one in Toronto is actually happening right now. Mm -hmm. That's right. So can, you scroll, there. can you scroll down a bit and see uh, a little bit more information about that? Uh, when and where, date and time, Saturday, 26th, November, 2022, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yep. At the Southside Victory Church Fellowship, 6402 1A Street, Southwest Calgary, because everything's in Southwest Calgary. That's true. No, a lot of it's in the Southeast. Yeah, right. 
There you go. So are, are, you're not going to that though, because you're speaking somewhere. I uh, know I'm going. You're going to this one? Yep. I'll be there. Are you check your schedule? Yeah. Uh, yep. That's fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I'm going to put, I'm going to put my face right here. There you go. Oh, I like that. I can Photoshop that in for you. Yeah. Yeah. Crayon. <laughs> yes. I will be there. Absolutely. For sure. So tickets um, are, tickets are 20 bucks, but they go up exponentially, I believe, depending on uh, what you want to do. Like if you want to do the dinner and, and all that, can you click on uh, the get tickets? Let's find out. Yeah. Details, all ticket types. Oh, there you go. Oh, virtual live stream is 20 bucks. General admission 128. It includes, oh, so it's 120 bucks plus fees. Students, premium. So premium gets uh, reserved seating, one seat at the intimate VIP dinner with special guests. Would that be including you? Uh, I don't know. They didn't invite me. No. Spench, sp um, we could be independent journalists. No, that's still the same price though. But we get a light uh, breakfast and a lunch. <laughs> I like this. Uh, mainstream Trudeau funded media. Oh, yes. That's trigger warning. <laughs> that's great, though, that they have that. You know, you, you invite somebody from CBC and guess what? You're going to be paying more than everybody else. Or is it more? Scroll down. I want to see what it says on that. General admission. Yeah, and that's it. Okay. Oh, independent journalist is up here now, 128. No, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure whether or not they they made the price cheaper, say, than the 500 bucks or whatever, and you got dinner so that they could actually talk to people and maybe get some uh, some proper recognition or proper mainstream item. Interesting. Oh, check this out. What's that? Some dude had 43 kilograms of cocaine up his ass when he came across the border. That's that's a lot. Just kidding. It was in bananas. <laughs> Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. There you go. That's very brave. It's also crazy. You might even say that shit is bananas. <laughs> B a n a n a s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're delving into the. Uh, uh, I don't know what kind of humor that is. I don't Unintelligent know. humor. Uh, Which means it's time to go. I probably need to go get something to eat. Yeah, it's potty humor. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me on. And um, I know you were on last night. I still haven't actually listened to the uh, listened to your your talk last night, so I have to do that. But they are posted. Believe it or not, this stuff does get posted. Uh, it gets posted. Obviously, you're watching it live. Um, it's. Uh, it's posted on Rumble, BitChute, it's on Spotify, it's on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I think those are kind of the four main ones right now, but they 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 go to a bunch of different uh, services. And um, and I have been already called out, why isn't it on the Chris and Carrie page on Facebook? Well, and it's it's kind of, well, it's it's basically in the exact same, it's, it's the same medium, it's on Facebook. So whether or not you watch it on the Whistle Stop or you watch it on the Chris and Carrie show, Facebook page, it wouldn't really matter, but I will get it over there. There's only one of me and I'm still working on that cloning machine for both Chris and myself. Don't you guys ever have to go to the bathroom? So again, when I was in the convoy, we ended up uh, kind of having 
jobs, self-appointed jobs. And I was the DJ and the guy that was kind of running the show behind the stage. And I would get out there and there was a crew of us. We would uh, put up the, uh, the speakers and everything else up onto the stage, seven in the morning. And it was minus 30 most days. And I wouldn't get home until 11 o'clock at night. And the convoy was so scary to citizens of Ottawa that the Ottawa government basically said, we're not giving you any washrooms. So because yes. of that, I've learned to hold, hold it forever. My eyes totally turn brown, and if you can't tell, they are blue. So you got a couple hours yet? I yeah, I'm I'm still fine. Yeah, as soon as Mine they start proud. turning green, anybody knows color. As soon as they start turning green, ah uh, yeah, what I did there, yeah. Then uh, then I definitely have to go. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna, I guess, sign off and yep. Go pet the. Little Mexican back here. There you go. Yep. Is that what you call it? Yeah, it's a chihuahua. <laughs> That's right. The last thing I should have said is I, I say we post these things, but all you have to do is just search for the, the, the Chris and Carrie show. The Chris and A N D Carrie show, and you'll you'll find all these episodes. And these ones, again, you know, they're live, they're great. They said they, I'm not standing up. Let me just put it that way. Um <laughs> All you have to do is just search for that term and you will find it uh, on all social media. So there you go. That's all. That's the plug that I'm doing, I guess. All right. Well, okay. thanks for sticking around with us, folks. And uh, I guess we will probably see you maybe tomorrow. Ah, maybe. What's coming out tomorrow, Kerry? What is going on tomorrow? Are you uh, are you driving away? Oh, what is coming out tomorrow? Yeah. Well, af after you log off, I have to do some editing. Yeah. It's not us coming out if, it, if that... <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble, folks. But. No, we have an interview with uh, Don Sharp, who is uh, an EMS retiree, and uh, I called him a whistleblower. And uh, he actually doesn't care too much for that term, but basically he is. He's uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes uh, with AHS and EMS and um, how, what the what the issues are with the ambulances and uh, and waiting room hall, hall, hallway waiting times um, and you can always you can always google him it's Don sharp with an e at the end of sharp and look for hallway waiting times or ambulance google those and you will find out everything you need to know about that so yes it's awesome. uh, you might say it's a pandemic yeah yeah mm -hmm. ambulantic Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. See you later. See you next time. I don't time. have a... There's oh. no... Oh, leave studio. Yes. Yeah, We're using I, different uh, software again. I used the picker truck video today as an intro because every time we do any kind of an intro, there's a, a right... A ah, yes. Thing. Yeah. So maybe we should just do our original theme song on the way out here. We can just do it on our own. La, 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 la. I don't know. Yes. No, don't it's totally do original. That's totally, I've never heard it before. It just goes, that was terrible. No, I, I thought it would actually be a little bit better than that. But. It was so windy in Ottawa on those cold days that you remember that guy that was standing there naked? Oh, the yes, we, we did. Yeah, the wind was that, blowing across his butt, and that's what it sounded like, a flute. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah. Scary. Anyway, okay, I'm okay. going now. Good night, everybody. Night, all. <laughs>